Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change brains. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam Show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 271, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam Show. As always, I'm your host, Chris Featherstone, and we have our weekly interviews. I uh, thank you so much for everyone's support. We get so much um, rave reviews and so much uh, great exposure for our weekly interviews. Um, the show is uh, five years and two months old, and we we the first uh, four years we had interviews maybe once or twice a month, but I think we've been very consistent. I think we haven't missed a single week without having an interview for from a current or former WWE, ROH, TNA, Lucha Underground, NWA, you name it. Uh, and this week will be no different because we have a heavy hitter tonight. We have one of the most popular, one of the fastest rising uh, names in pro wrestling in 2016-2017. Interestingly enough, when I say that, this person has been in the business for quite some time, and we'll talk about that. Tonight we have the one, the only, Impact Wrestling's own Braxton Sutter. How are you tonight, sir? Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's going great. And like I said, you know, your, your name started to get real big this 2017, especially this year, uh, with your current feud with Congo Kong and KM, Sienna, uh, well, Laurel Van S is her name in TNA, uh, and just of course uh, back last year when you were feuding with Mike Bennett and Maria, and of course the big wedding, um, and that and that all happened. It was actually last year into this year the the feud and then the wedding and things like that. Uh, so you've been one of the 
marquee uh, segments and marquee names on Impact Wrestling. How does that feel? For those who don't know, Ali is his real-life wife. They've been married for, what, four years now? Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and just as she did indie work for for a while as Cherry Bomb, right? Yeah. 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 So was it at an indie show that y'all met? guys got a, a big event coming up actually on my birthday anniversary. uh how how interesting <laughs> uh yeah july 2nd a uh, big big event coming up what uh, uh what should the fans um look forward to as far as your involvement Absolutely. And you brought up a really good point as far as storylines taking time. Uh, you know, uh, definitely not to necessarily bash WWE, but that's that's one of the biggest criticisms that WWE has as far as the fans is concerned, as far as just just storylines being way too abbreviated. You have pay-per-views every, every other week. You know, I, it's, it's a big criticism that fans have as far as just the abbreviated storylines not being able to really uh, have the abilities for people to really catch on to, which is one of the biggest reasons why Jinder Mahal becoming champ was such a surprise and it was so badly criticized. 
you'll see that I hate when pay per view matches get announced like the week before. Yes, yes. You get actually make like I was saying, it's like that's the whole point of the pay per view is that's supposed to be a big event where you're you know you're supposed to look and see what happens. It's like it's this match just got announced a week before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's not much to really get emotionally involved in there, so that's. I mean, to, to go back to, that's why I'm happy with our current angle and storyline and impact. This is cool because it's, they've really been taking their time with it. Yeah, absolutely. So way before Braxton Sutter, you had uh, one of the biggest. You, you did a lot of work in the Midwest because you, you know, New York area. Uh, but one one of the biggest companies that you know a lot of wrestlers know, as far as uh, developmental, uh, formerly uh, WWE developmental Heartland Wrestling Association, you were world champ there, right? The cruiserweight, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yes. So, so, uh, how did you know Les Thatcher? You know, what what was his part as far as really developing you as a wrestler? did you get the name Pepper Parks? That was your name in the Indies, and before you came to TNA, you popularized yourself for a lot of your career as Pepper Parks. How did that come about? It's funny, when you said that, Stu, like when you, I could tell you were trying to rewind. I was wondering how far you were going to rewind. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was wrestling for 17 years before, before I signed. Yeah. 
is a very catchy name. Um, and a lot, a lot of other... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Stripper, cheerleader, yeah. You know, it's... It, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a metal tomato, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so you had a lot of uh, experience uh, just as far as in, in WWE, uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, it's a little known fact by by many uh, that you actually had some time in WWE, and you you had a lot of more time in ROH. To let the listeners know your experience working for those two companies. Uh, yeah, with, with WWE, I never. I was never. I never actually had a contract. I never actually signed anything. Right. So, but there were still guys that were under contract. So, and then, and then after, and then after that, that was I spent a lot of my career. I, I've done uh, I, uh, like extra work for WWE. I'm trying to think of a, like another term for it. enhancement talent. Yeah, enhancement talent. Yeah. Who discovered you as far as getting your break in Impact? 
And who came up with the Braxton Stutter name? That was John. I'm not sure I said John's last name. Everybody calls him Big or John. Uh, Gaburik. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. with James Storm. I remember watching the match. It was a very good match, and James Storm put you over very, very highly at that point in time. question is, uh, both Impact Wrestling and WWE is really trying to hit this India market. Um, there's been a lot of reports of just the reason why Jinder Mahal won the title, and then there's other reports of saying WWE tried to kind of like intercept India, because knowing that you guys uh, and Impact was going to do a tour there. What are your thoughts about that? It was it was rumored. See, see, they went last year, and then they made an announcement that they're coming uh, this fall. But it yeah. might have been some issues with scheduling because now India is not really scheduled as of now for the fall because it it was rumored in September, and now it's yeah it's not official. But there's been a lot of reports of that's the reason why Gender's champ. They do plan on having the tour, and they just kind of wanted to intercept that market before anybody else did. Yeah. Right. No one's actually filmed like national television there, so you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that right before we went there to go you know, film national television, Jinder won their title, and then now, of course, yeah, they're going to try and head over there and, and you know jump, jump on board. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's, you know, it is, it's just business. You know, I get it. It is what it is. It's, it's a huge market. I mean, Cali, 
Yeah, I interviewed uh, last year. Actually, I think the last interview I had in December uh, before the year closed was uh, Ricardo Rodriguez. And he, he was the head trainer for Kali's shows that they had. And he was saying, yeah, there was tens of thousands of people. Um, they had like a three-day uh, tour, and it ranged between like 15 and like 60, 50, 60,000 people. So, yeah, it's, it's, they, they, they draw big numbers there. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the population is 1.3 billion, so it's easy to draw, you know, a, a few, uh, you know, tens of thousands of people at a show. Fans, uh, find you. Uh, Twitter, you got at Braxton Sutter. Uh, Instagram is the same thing, at Braxton Sutter. And, um, yeah, I guess I guess, uh, the big thing, too, is I want to, my, uh, Allie, my wife is doing, she's been working really hard, and she's doing her own, uh, YouTube show now called Allie's World. Mm -hmm. And they actually, they actually put it out on, um, she's now, she started it on her own, but now Impact is putting it on their YouTube, uh, your YouTube page as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, Awesome. And you got some uh, dates coming up? been a pleasure, Braxton. I really appreciate your time and best wishes to you, man. Hopefully uh, we can, uh, you guys, you and, and Allie can become knockout champ and cruiserweight champ, oh, wax division champ, sorry about that, and, and uh, you know, p perhaps more as your career continues to evolve in Impact Wrestling. I appreciate Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good night. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the interview with Braxton Sutter, ladies and gentlemen. And this is Chris Featherstone, live and living, culligan funky like a monkey, if you will. Great interview. Thank you, Braxton Sutter, for your awesome, awesome involvement. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get into the show with the co-host with the most, none other than Evan Tech Proud. How are you tonight, sir? Doing good, man. How you feeling? 
I'm feeling great, man. Um, we've got some people calling in. We usually don't have calling episodes. We used to back in the day, but because of because of uh, time constraints, uh, we don't. But let's take one caller. Uh, your name and uh, what makes you call tonight? Caller, you're on the air. Hey, Jesse Rickin. How you guys doing? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you calling. What's on your mind? I, I mean, my mind is, who's the best wrestler ever? All right, we'll answer that. Thank you so much. The best wrestler ever is Sting. What you got? <laughs> yeah, of course, obviously Sting is the goat for me. Fabulous right. Stinger. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, appreciate the caller. All right. And let's get to the headlines without further ado, ladies and gentlemen. But before we get to the headlines, how is Evan Tech proud tonight? Busy, man. I've been running since 6 o'clock this morning nonstop, brother. So, uh, you know, busy work, take care of family, mom, came home, did my show. That's been my show doing this, of course. You know, my second show, my second home, so. I'm good. Just want to give uh, real quick condolences to, to a good buddy of mine, a lady Papo. So he recently lost his mom a few days ago, and um, and I was talking to him off. We t- we would talk a lot off air, and um, you know, we just spoke at WrestleCon in Orlando for Mania. You know how much he loved his mom and basically took care of her. Um, so no, we ain't had a lot in common. So just want to send my condolences to you, brother, mainly on the loss of his mom. Absolutely. Oh yeah. That's a tribute to his mother. Gets one of those papa. Oh, yeah, lady. Dig it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the headlines. we got some fun headlines tonight. It's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, so here we go. All right, without further ado, the first headline we're going to talk about tonight is... Taz, the human suplex machine <laughs> from the Red Hill uh, District of York. I was uh, I was asked to go against Brock Lesnar, and I said, Vince, I couldn't <laughs> do it, man. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I was too banged up, man. I'm from Red Hook. He uh, he didn't do it, man. He uh, I wrote it on. Uh, um, where did I write this? <laughs> I wrote this on. Russell's own. I wrote this on Russell's own. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, and yeah, it was uh, one of his uh, one of his recent podcasts. He explained the whole deal as far as who he was going to go against. Uh, and oh. I, I mean, the, just how the scenario um, came about, and and how it was. So I'm going to actually pull up the pull up the transcript. Um, I got it up. And you you have it you have it up. Yeah, yeah, I have it up. Yeah, it's pretty right. long, definitely. I know great work. I know what he said. Uh, <laughs> you know this uh this approached him. We're working with Brock at uh, MSG Master Square Garden. Where he was commentator. Uh, he says he's over there doing commentary at WWE, and I do apologize because my phone randomly wanted to go black. Oh, tag your in. Tag I'm in. There's no problem. I'll I'll read it like Taz. And Brock was just cooking up the 
killing heel machine. This was before the whole suplex city thing that they have going on. And I was, I don't know what year it was. Could have been 2006 or something like that. Something in that world, 2007, something like that. Maybe 2005. I'm horrible with years. <laughs> That's my red accent. Yeah. Uh, let, let, I'll get back to Chris Featherstone. So it was earlier in the day. It was probably around 3 p.m. He explained to that. He was doing some work with Michael Cole. So he went, so Vince comes up to him and he thought that he was fired. So he, uh, so Vince asked if he could go um, over with him to the corner. And Vince says, Hey, uh, can we talk for a minute? And so he walked over there and he says, Yes. And Vince says, Listen, this is big. You ready? And he's like, Yeah, I'm ready. What's up? And uh, Vince goes, you or Lesnar do something at the at the garden. It'd be great. You you would come back to a match at the garden. We'll plug it, push it, and then Vince and then Taz goes. Vince, no, thank you. I love Brock. I love you. I love the company, but I can't do it. I'm banked up. I've got a lot of numbers to my body. I'm just physically. I, I, it'd be too risky for me to do. So Vince goes. No, I, I know that. We'll work around that. We'll do business. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of beef. I was. I can't. I can't go be what I was. I, I don't want to put myself at risk. And Vince goes, "I understand, but you know what? I never knew you or this was a businessman. Just horrible. What is wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that was absolutely hilarious because that's exactly what Vince McMahon would do. Just try to butter something up, and you say, "No." What do you mean now? You're horrible. And so that's allegedly that's what happened with Taz and um, Taz versus Brock. Did, does that have money on it? I mean, you know, not now, but back in, you know, he said 05, 06, 07, but Brock wasn't. Brock was gone from 04 to 2012, so uh, he's definitely yeah. back with his years. So it must have been 04. It, well, probably went 04 because he left in April of 04. He left, you know, right after Mania. So it had to be 03, because it couldn't have been 04, because he started his feud with Brock, and he started his feud with Goldberg, Royal Rumble. That was January. So yeah, uh, it had to be 03. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say, I, I mean, who are we to say? That, that, that seems like a fair, I'm going to say a fair, it's kind of hard for me to believe, not to say Vince don't come up with crazy ideas. But... Let's, look, let's think about this. Taz, Taz is big in ECW. His name is Doo-Doo in WWE yeah. as a wrestler. Not as a commentator. I thought he was pretty pretty darn good as a commentator. But, I mean, really, Brock against Taz, come on now. Even looking at it. I understand people look at Brock and Finn, and they're like, that looks weird even when Brock fought Punk. Well, at least they had some name value, at least. Even though physically it looks so odd, you'll watch it because these people sell merchandise. People, you know, we know who they are, the household names. Brock against Taz? Name, name three memorable Taz matches. Can't do that. So, not to say Vince ain't said it, it wouldn't have made no money. I can only Brock name two. I can only so name two. Him against Angle? Him against Angle. I had the. Either he had the WECW title still, or um, Triple H. 
he was going for the title against Triple H. I think it was like on SmackDown. Yeah, or something. SmackDown. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, it wasn't too bad of a match. Yeah, like yeah. I said, uh, and nothing against Terry because I, I like Terry. Just, just Terry against Brock, even back in the early millennium, back when Brock, before he was the beast, and he was called the Manster, if you remember that. Um, yes. It wasn't so or the real no. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I think that I really, really think that Taz and Brock Lesnar would have been a very interesting match back in like, because Brock debuted in 02. And that's crazy that he debuted right after Mania in 02. And stayed until Mania of 04. So within two years, he beat Undertaker multiple times. He beat Angle. <laughs> he just he beat The Rock. He beat Hogan. Hogan. <laughs> it's like he beat Show. Really incredible. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. He yeah, it's it's almost impossible to beat Zach Gowan, ladies and gentlemen. He's his yeah. one lost record. Yeah, but you know, it, it was one of those, it was one of those things that uh, you know he beat RVD. We beat uh, he beat RVD, right? The King of the Ring. Um, yeah, King of the Ring. King of the Ring. Yeah, he won the King of the Ring. Yeah, so he had a really really interesting two years. Probably the best, you know, most impressive two years that I could think of. Someone, I mean, Angle's first two years was was quite impressive, but he. He won, I think it was like 20, 19 or 20 months after he debuted. He debuted in 99, and he won the world championship at No Mercy in 2000, if I'm not mistaken. I think yeah. That was his first, yeah, No Mercy 2000. Um, yeah, it so was. It, was, it was not as meteoric as Brock's, but it was definitely really good. So, yeah, I mean, I think Taz versus Brock, if they would have, if they would have pumped – Taz up to be as good as he was in ECW, the beat me if I can, survive if I let you Taz, that was incredible. I was a huge Taz fan in the ECW. Um, but, you know, was, they, like you said, I mean, they, they really sabotaged his character. And then and then he just started to get out of shape, too, because remember he went into the the windbreakers and the, like, the... Uh, yeah. Sleeveless shirt that kind of had, like, right. had a collar with it. It was just a pants, but pants. Yeah, it was. It was a real. I think it showed his size. I think. I think that outfit that he had on, because um, when he had the singlet on, like he just looked like a uh, just a, a mean, you know, a right, mean exactly. small monster. You know what I mean? But like a pit bull. When he, when he yeah, like, exactly like a pit bull. But when he had that, when those windbreakers on and that and that collared, <laughs> cut, you know, the, you know, the, the collared sleeveless shirt. Yeah, it was the collars, just, yeah, collars, yeah. Yeah, it was really Yeah, it was weird. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. to, to Chad's credit, I mean, he had great matches with, like, all, Mike Awesome and Big Little people with, like, two, three times his size. So I, I think if they'd have built it right, I think Brock and Chad would have been, would have been well, but Chad would have oh, yeah. built it on WWE. Absolutely, it would have been. I mean, his I follow him throughout his time in ECW. His his like you said, awesome Bam Bam Bigelow, like those are he, you know he had matches with people who were a lot bigger than he was, 
you know, when he was going to, like, the times when he would go against, uh, um, I think it was like Big Dick Dudley, Dudley, um, uh, 911, when he, 911 would, uh, um, choke slam, you know, everybody. Um, and, and he, although they were twice his size, seemingly, um, he, he would, he would go with them. He, he really knew how to make the suplex look just, you know, just enviable, just, just dangerous. Um, but I think if he would have carried that over to the WWE uh, and, you know, he did say that he was the reason why, you know, he, he changed from the singlet was, that was just a WWE thing. And then his, you know, his shape started to get a little off. Uh, he was so banged up, so he couldn't train as hard as he as he wanted to, and so it just really didn't work out for him. But uh, I, you know, I, I was really hoping for Taz to have a very good WWE career. Um, they had him beat Kurt Angle in this undefeated streak. You know, that was a big deal. So obviously, the WWE had high hopes for him. You know, of course, I don't know if it was politicking yeah. in the back, which happens a lot. You know that, that probably was. I pulled his, his run. Didn't work out. Yeah, I was too. I was too very much when he debuted at the at the Royal Rumble. Uh, so we got Nick Miller. He's a health and fitness expert. This very interesting stuff. So there's been a video that was released recently of of this 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 fitness expert. He's got a a lot of subscription uh, subscriptions. He he uh, releases a bunch of videos about health and fitness and bodybuilding, and he came out and was just he was just as plain as plain can be. He said, "Yes, Jinder Mahal is on steroids, <laughs> and he should be tested." <laughs> And it was just no, it was no type of cookie cutter. It was, it was no, just kind of trying to, you know, um, sugarcoat it. It was nothing. He was just very, very, uh, very forward. He laid well, out we don't know he's of, using the gender juice. <laughs> he laid out. Uh, he laid out some really, really good facts. Um, you know, he, he laid out some things that were on the wellness policy, uh, a couple of sections, and basically the sections aren't lining up with their testing of Mahal. And I'm like, you know, they're they're popping people from for Adderall, <laughs> you know, like Reigns and Page and uh, you know uh, uh, Adam Rose, and they're if they're popping people for that. You know, and it's like, okay, so even if it's prescribed, you know, which Adam Rose's case, according to what he was saying, I'm cool with Adam, um, and he was saying it was prescribed, and he didn't get the prescription in time, but he was still popped and suspended. So, and then Roman Reigns, of course, as well. And if they, you know, the top guy right now, the one who they're focused on the most I mean, I mean, I, I've been in fitness for you know I was I was a personal trainer for ten years, and I, I've seen transformations. I've been a part of people transforming their bodies, 
but but it's it's one of those things that like you know Jinder Mahal. Yeah, I mean Jim Mahal a few years ago. I mean he was talking about his back, which is a lot of tell tell sign of of some usage. Uh, it was a gyno, you know, were were guys. It, it it was just like what the the recovery isn't quick enough, and so there's kind of fatty tissue like by the nipple area in guys. It has veins around his nipples. Yeah, that's, that's that's unnatural. You have yeah. veins in places that we shouldn't even see the veins. It's like yeah. Scott Steiner. Come on now, look at look <laughs> at him in '92 and '93. He was already yeah. buff and natural. And look at him in like '98, '99. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was his was like a a crazy, like it seemed like it was overnight when he was yeah, just like, yeah, like look, his, look at look at. Like, Look at Jinder Mahal's yeah. body type, and I and I look this up myself. Like I said, I, I man, I'm not, you know, the big guy that you are for other songs, but I tend to keep in shape. I worked out, and just uh, knowing as we do, knowing a lot of the boys in the business and having friends that, you know, do lift weights and that work out on a regular, that are personal trainers and, and that are like health health fanatics and health freaks. You can try to look at a person's body and tell, okay. They're naturally built. Like Cena has a natural build. Like oh, yeah, Cena absolutely. just looks a natural build. No, granted, yep. there are some insoles as I've got to where Cena has taken not steroids, has taken some pills. You know, somebody like a E, you know, like like a uh, uh, what's the guy sitting on like the tick? Um, EC3. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have an EC3 or Devon W, which a lot of people don't know. He's pretty cut. Certain people look natural, like how Batista's body type now compared to how he was when he was on top. It's a big difference. So, <laughs> and, you know, Triple H, when, when you know, when, when Golden Boy Triple H, son-in-law, remember when he got down after that ACO, look at his body then, when he came back and won that rumble, which he shouldn't have won. Yeah, he was on something. That's the best he's ever looked. Now, Triple H and L, you can tell like that's natural build. But Angle Triple is H one of those people is natural, you know. Um, you know, it's it's one of those now. things. Well, now, yeah, because he's you know he's admitted that that he was uh, addicted to certain drugs. But uh, look at the Rock. The the, the Rock uh, is not. That's not. She was probably Graham, who, who I, I'm, I'm friends with, one of his close friends, has said publicly and off air, oh, the rock is on steroids. Look at the rock's yeah. body now compared to how he was. He looks he looks like a 12-year-old in 2003. Even back yeah. then, the rock, we thought the rock just had this nice body, it was natural. Oh, the rock, look at him now. Yeah. Like Kevin Nair said, the rock is the only man who looks Come better than the action figure. Yeah, yeah, when you... When you have muscles coming out of your muscles, it's it's usually a, a a pretty pretty big sign that something's going on. Not to get outside, like I said, Jinder Mahal. I always joke the gender juice. I had a hashtag, brother. It's no way to give a half. He just was on three man band. You had a a generic dollar store, dollar tree wrestler physique, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you mini Scott Steiner. Superstar Billy Graham, Rick Three times two, Paul Ondorf eighty nine times five. 
the flesh, and you get the world championship. And all of a sudden, when you have a big body push. I definitely give him kudos for that, and I'm sure that you know he's always in the gym. I'm not, of course. I mean, look at him. <laughs> there, you know, you can take steroids and not work out. You know, I mean, and don't get any results. So he's he's putting in the work, but at the same time, you know, uh, you'll you're if you take steroids, you're doing it illegally. So I mean, according to you know the the unwritten law or a lot of times the written law of sports. So, you know, it's one of those things that if you if you want to have that type of body, sculpt yourself, do what you need to do, do all the necessary steps, you know, to, to get there. But at the same time, you know, hey, listen, own up. Because just think about how bad this will look if he's been champ and for for this time he's been champ and – WWE purposely decides not to test him. And that would look really bad for the company because they're so focused on this India market that they are willing to bypass the testing procedures for one person who's representing their India market so they won't forfeit their relationship to build up this market. That would look really, really bad with WWE. So if yeah. if it's the case, you know, if he hasn't been tested, the more he goes without being tested, and WWE just allows him to stay champ and and, and do all these, you know, and 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 do, right. do things that champs do. The 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 bad the the worse it will, the worse off it will look for WWE if if they continue to let him do that because I I, I have my doubts. I'll say that much. I, you know I. I, I strongly have my doubts. I agree. I agree. He's on steroids. He's on something. Either way, they're going to look bad. If they don't test him while he's chance, they're going to look bad. And if they test him now because of possibly again, they're really going to look bad. Yeah. So it's the lesser of two evils. Yeah. So. Speaking of steroids, Hulk Hogan, uh, yeah. He so he I wrote this on WrestleMania. This guy. So for those who don't know, which most people know now, Bill Maher, very uh outspoken political commentator. Um he has his own show real time with with Bill Maher on H H uh, B O. And so Republican uh, Senator from Nebraska, Bill Sass, came to him. Uh, he Well, he was interviewed by him. And basically, you know, they did their welcomes. And um, he and Sass said, well, Marr said that he needs to get to Nebraska more. Sass said, uh, well, you're, you're welcome to come. Basically, you know, we'll um, – will work in the field. You can work in the field with us. It's what it's what he said. So of course, you know, the context of that you can come to Nebraska and work out in the field with us as far as like, you know, get some time in, do your do your work, do your do your due diligence. There wasn't anything racially there wasn't any racial undertones as far as why well, I didn't pick And so Mar says 
uh, work in the fields, Senator, I'm a house inward. And that, you know, just caused a b- bunch of uproar. And here's right. the thing. Here's my take on that. And then, and then it, the crazy thing about that is the same person who got fired from the WWE two years ago for a leaked tape of using the same word, you know, pot, meat, black kettle, basically. <laughs> and it's like, you know, the pot calling the kettle black. He he tweeted something and said, you know, it, uh, on purpose and and just an apology. You know, uh, unbelievable or something, something of that nature. I wrote about it, uh, but the the tweet said something of that nature. And so, you know, basically, I'm like, so there there have been there's been talks about Hulk Hogan coming back to the WWE. Um, you know, it was basically and it was basically inevitable for him to come. He said on purpose and only apology. Unbelievable. That's that's what he said. And so it's like, you know. You're coming back to WWE when all this died down. You know, it was basically inevitable before he came back to WWE. WWE, for for PR reasons, which I totally understand, they want this to die down before they bring back Hulk Hogan. Makes sense. However, why in the world would you, at a potential time where, you know, talks are stronger than ever, um, your, your daughter... You know, Brooke even said at the end of last year, a minute that you were talking to WWE again. Why would you do something to refresh the fans' minds of why you got fired? To me, it just seemed ill-timed, and it just really seemed like a desperate but failed cry of, "See, I did, it wasn't that bad that I did it." That's exactly what I felt when I when I read that tweet, uh, and you know, subsequent. Yeah, Messages and things like that And it's like Hogan listen You said the N word as a black person Myself I don't care how you Use it uh, Especially as a white person You need to understand the history that comes behind that Word and I, It's it's intolerable for me You, you can't you How do you, you do not Dare <laughs> uh, Use uh, that Word in front of me because I'm a big you know history guy. I, I love history and I love Black history. Um, and my ancestors, uh, you know, there were there were wounds and scars uh, and lashes on the backs of my ancestors for that word. So you know, there's there's no person exactly. other than my color who can share can that type word. of ancestry exactly. with me. So you know. Yeah, people got to be careful when they use that word, and I don't care if it's joking or not; it's inexcusable to me. Yeah, even uh, even even the, the late great Richard Pryor, uh, he had his uh, so he used the word in the revolution. You know, before his death, he said, "Like, got to the point where he stopped saying it." Um, so. With the red eye, if you want home, it's the pot color, the pot color, the color black. If you're not, you know, if you're not all color, don't use that word. It, it doesn't, there's no difference of the word if you add an E-R at the end. Right. If you want to be fed in slang and, and spell it out with an A at the end, granted, it is a emotional difference for a lot of people, you know, for the common vernacular, 
it's an emotional difference. It's a body system. It's, it's an endearing term when you say it with the A at the end. But the fact is that within our culture, if we say it, we can say it. It's a stop. I know personal friends, colleagues that say it all the time to each other. Hey, blah, 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 blah. Even at times that when I'm around certain circles, I may use it towards people of the same color, my brother, and in their terms. Not the term I'm using the right a little bit. And friends out that are, you know, that are out the streets that, that are like that in the head of the streets, he's talking like that. It's up. But, you know, he said, well, we don't let, that, let nobody else say it. I don't care who you are. <laughs> if it ain't stuff, you don't say it. I don't care if you're drunk, if, if you, you know, maybe how pills or whatever it is, trees. And like you said, it's unacceptable. And you just don't say it. Don't. Because it's, it's not the same conversation, but it's just similar to where you go to a Native American and you use the term that uh, the Washington team is named after, that's in the NFL. You mm-hmm. try to say that to them to see what happens. <laughs> so yeah. I'm with you. It's, it's, it's unacceptable no matter how, how famous you are. And like I said, I'm going to leave Featherstone. I, I know these, and I still kind of cringe when I hear my own people say it, but that word that says so much me, uh, you know, to it. So that's what we're going to Yeah. And and I, you know, I was the one, you know, that uh, still, you know, used it and, and joking and things like that. But I just really, it's probably about, a, I say about a year ago, um, I just really had to kind of reflect on that and just the history that came you know with that word no matter the er or a whatever <laughs> whatever way you want to acknowledge it um you know it's one of those things that it's like it's like when 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 females call their friend their their female friends bees you know it's like yeah, it might be an endearing term to you but still it's still a harsh term you know what I mean? Like right. it don't it don't matter how you use it, uh, and it's just you know we just I I just think that we as a culture as a black culture we just need to do better with with being an example to other cultures. You know, in, in a lot of a lot of ways. You know, it's like a lot of cultures look at us as as blacks, and they you know say which which I can understand this viewpoint as well. I don't accept it, but I can understand this viewpoint. If you're saying that to your friend, why can't I say it to you? You know, why? And you're my friend. You know what I mean? So I can understand that that angle. It's still excusable for me, but it's but I can still understand that angle. So I just think that us as a culture, we need to step up. We need to be the example of what what to do and what not to do in certain areas that we are experienced at, you know, so those are things that we just need to work on, you know, as a culture, we can't, we can't basically bastardize the word, you know, and bring in and strip the meaning from the word because we use it all the time. People do not know, you know, there's a lot of people who do not know the historical value of that word, how many people died because of that word? How many people were lashed because of that right, word? Right, right. How many people were mistreated? How many people were put down? How many people were ostracized 
because of that one. And it's like we how many murder games and, and, and mutilation that we dealt with. Yes. Yeah. And it's like if you really sit down and, and, and think about the historical factor, you know, uh, you really can't even make that word a joke because it, it wasn't a joke to the people who died yeah. for that word, you know. Brother. So we just have to be careful with it. Brother. Your brother. So Bruno San Martino, uh, uh, he's he's getting up there in age, man. He's, uh, he's oh, a yeah. trooper. You see it. Yeah, he's a, he's a true Yeah, he was on. Uh, you know, it's one of those things, man. Those cauliflower ears get me every time. Oh yeah, they, every time. they creep me out at night. Count between his yeah. ears and those. Oh my goodness! It's like the Siamese cats in a Disney movie. Who was that? Sit down in Disney movie. Uh, creeps me out to this day. The Siamese cats. One, one um, of the Disney movies with the with the brother. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We are signing and we please. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that creeps me out. Tell us oh, what is now one of Sami's cats. That, yeah. Uh, that, that creeps me out. <laughs> and I'm a grown yeah. man. Wait, I'm a grown man and I can say that 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 that's just my spirit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm just taking cucumbers. No, I'm good. <laughs> Uh, Lady and the Tramp. That, that's what the, the movie was, with the Siamese uh, cats on there. Yeah. Um, wow. But yeah, I remember those Siamese cats. They were no good. They were really, uh, really uh, creepy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that that cauliflower ear, uh, man. Yeah. I, and the, and the thing is, I was gonna I was going to to, to start a UFC career. But that was one of the that was one of the only I mean my wife at now but my girlfriend at the time, um, she, <laughs> my wife she didn't want to she didn't want anything to me to do with it. We, I think we were like freshly dating too. Like it wasn't we weren't we weren't dating for. Um, Definitely job or status. Yeah, that was I think we, were, we, were, we were in the developmentals as far as developmentals. We were in NXT. No, we were at the PC. <laughs> Uh, as far as our relationship is concerned, now we're the main oh, roster. We're married almost. Main roster. Yeah. WrestleMania. <laughs> and um, yeah, but we were at the PC stage at that time, and uh, you know, I was like, you know, you know, she's she's a keeper, and she did not want me to do it. I was about to, I was training for my first fight, um, and I was about to schedule it, and I was about to, I was about to compete. And uh, she was like, babe, oh, no, please. <laughs> she was begging me not to, not to do it. I said, yeah. oh, okay. I had all this training for MMA, but never um, never finished it. But that was, that was one of the things that I was thinking about as far as MMA. I was like, man, you know, I cannot live my life with an ugly looking cauliflower ear. I just, yeah. I just couldn't do it. I, I just. Weird. Uh, <laughs> I felt him before. I would wear like a head guard or something like that, like Rick Steiner. I would, I would yeah. go back to Rick Steiner days. I used to wrestle, and people can get cauliflower ears from from freestyle wrestling as well, uh, yeah. and, and, and pro, yeah. pro wrestling too. Rick Flair has cauliflower ear now, but uh, look at Brock, look at Angle. Um, yeah, yeah, Brock. Uh, Foley has half ear. Vader, yeah. I believe, has one. It's, it's it, it only that is it, Bruno, and, and I, I, have a, I have a degree in art, so I'm an artist. So I tend to look at a lot of things differently in extreme detail. 
in like a person's face and body structure. Mm-hmm. The reason why it stands up with Bruno is because his head is small. And and you gotta think Bruno was big. He was what, maybe three oh five, two ninety, yeah. he was he was, bulky he was assistant two seventy five, yeah. Two seventy five and, and he, he had like a burrow chest. He was like a burrow build. And now he's lost all that muscle mass because he's older. So with him getting smaller, and when your body frame gets smaller, certain features on your body sticks out like sore thumbs. And I'm pretty sure with him being a lot slimmer and his head is like skinny and it's tall, and nothing against Bruno, you know, Bruno's a legend. Mm-hmm. That's why it sticks out. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's smaller. <laughs> you know, it don't stick it out sure as much does. with flair because it doesn't stick as much out with flair because. So the way, you know, Flair's ears really doesn't stick apart. His features are a little different. Flair's still yeah. relatively in sober good shape. Bruno, he got the, the, the skinny, slim head, and mm-hmm. then the ears just stick point out. So, Just um, imagine imagine Neville having cauliflower Oh, my gosh. It would look worse. That would be, that would be, that would be rough. He, he should like do a hair drop. Yeah. You have an elbow yeah. drop. It's just first thing ever just to defeat you with an ear. Just like a flying ear drop. <laughs> Something. Those, those the ears ears. Ears. It's the flying ear smash. Oh. It's the flying ear smash. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what a maneuver. It's amazing. More sweet and healing. Oh man. The flying ear smash. Oh my gosh. The flying ear. Wow, yeah, uh, I, I think he would definitely have to sell that cauliflower ear. Like, like he would have to sell his cauliflower ear like Luger's plate. Luger's the plate, motorcycle right? Accident and the plate, yeah, the, the plate. plate. <laughs> that was great. Let's still let that move to that day. Oh man, yeah. And he would always, and, and, and Luger would always pretend like he was hurt every time he. Ow! Ow! Every time he would ow. hit someone, he would act like he like he would make a sound as. He's hurt. I always noticed between that. Him, and between him, him and Albert. Thing. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Man, he, Albert would like, he was like some type of big, huge snake. He would hiss all the time. He was, yeah. Like, <laughs> his, his hisses well, would just be out of, out uh, of the world. Off topic, and I've said this before, my, my three all-time favorite wrestling, wrestling grunts, it's Hogan's punch in Russia. I don't know what that is. Hogan says it all the time when he punches. Russia, Russia. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Foley, he was mankind doing the punches. Russia, Don't know what that is. Yeah. 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 Don't know what that is. <laughs> and, and Benoit, and yes, we said it. Chris Benoit, would he chop? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, but, <laughs> not sure what those are, but. Uh, yeah, the rush out from Hogan, yeah. and, and the and the uh, the screen yells and okay, and actually yeah. hopefully that he start laughing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that those are are some good ones. Yeah, that I, I, it'll be it'll be very interesting to just look just to kind of like look, look at some old school, um, you know, just kind of like sounds that they would make, you know, cuz they cuz they would really sell it, man. They they especially Hogan like he just like the rush like and and uh who was it uh was it the barbarian? They like us us 
Like, yeah, I think yeah. That was, that well, actually, that's a tongue thing. Yeah, so that, that was my body in the name. Oh, it was Haku oh, and a barbarian. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. Haku. Speaking of tongue. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Haku. Haku, yeah, Haku would do it all the time. Yeah. The, 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 the favorite cell is Flair when he gets superplex. And then yeah. I always say Starcade Star when he went against Vader. Starcade ninety was ninety 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 three because mm-hmm. ninety four we, we don't talk about that. Oh. So when Vader superplex him, anytime he got superplex, he will fall. He like I got, I got, I got. But you will fall oh, flat. Three seconds later, I got, I Man, Flair knew how to sell a move. If it's you know, like his life depended on it. Oh, um, God. <laughs> yeah. Just so let him get that agreed. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, San Martino revealed why his uh, his career ended. He really wanted to put over. I mean, kudos. I mean, it, I, I love Table for Threes. I really like this one. It was interesting. Yeah, it was an interesting trio: Orton, Flair, yeah. and San Martino. But it, it, it made sense though. I enjoyed a lot of it. Uh, I enjoyed all of it, actually. It was really good. Um, you know, it's one of those things, like Bishop said on a, one of his recent uh, shows, like he, it wasn't long enough. There was so much, to, you know, to share. Those yeah. things are usually like 17, 20 minutes long. Yeah. I would, I would just go. I, I'm sure that's, they, you can, they can talk for 45 minutes. Well, it's in yeah, I mean, and and I, I mean, San Martino really put over Ivan Koloff. Oh, you know, big kudos to that. You know, to him yeah, for that. Yeah. Um, and it was I'm really interesting because he was talking about uh, he was his body was just getting banged up, and you know, it was a, almost an eight year run. And he he told Vince Senior like, I have to, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm banged up. He would wrestle. He said six days. Two weeks out of the month, he'd wrestle for six for six days, and the other two weeks he would wrestle for seven. So, I mean, that's a crazy Good regular gosh. schedule, and, and imagine doing that for eight years. <laughs> that's that's crazy. And so, I don't blame him at all. He wanted to put it on. He wanted to put Koloff over, so he suggested that Koloff won the championship. Uh, so he won. But he only kept it like three months. Uh, excuse me, like three weeks before Pedro Morales won, and it made sense because San Martino really. He said he felt bad that he suggested Koloff because he only had it for like three weeks, and he said that he should have had it for a year. And I think that makes sense. I think WWE. I mean, they gave him the strap. It's good. He can say that he's a former WWE, WWE champion. That's that's huge. Uh, but he never really had that opportunity to be a really strong heel uh, in in the WWE at that time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate Bruno giving I've, I've been um, and I spoke with Bruno recently before um, and I, I, Bruno is always a good guy and, and of course, you know, our, our history with Ivan, you know, we were all friends with Ivan and his wife and had him on our respective shows and talked to him, you know, him being a, a fellow uh, fellow man of God and Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good to see Ivan get get, get his deal. Um, a lot of people don't realize how influential and how important Ivan Kolov was and is to this business. Of course, Bruno is Bruno. We know Backlund. It's 
sometimes Jackman don't even get the, the get the honor he deserves, even Holy Race. And then Ivan Koloff just says, uh, just as important, and just to show how important Ivan Koloff was, uh, I remember that week uh, three wrestlers passed away. I can't remember who. But Ivan Koloff is the only one who name actually uh, got Koloff, mentioned. Koloff, Nicole Bass, and. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was somebody. Uh, 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 Animal yeah. Steel. Animal Steel, yeah. And George Animal Steel was a former teacher and definitely a great worker. Ivan Koloff's name is one of the very few wrestling names, uh, Travel Singer, too. That's a uh, week uh, before him. His name got mentioned on the ESPN. Now, ESPN two three or the port is ESPN actually put his name on the ticker. And it actually had his own segment. He's the NBA, NHL, top knees, and it said professional wrestling legend Olive Kolo, Ivan Kolo passes away. ESPN doesn't do that for many wrestlers. Of course, if it's The Rock or Hogan or Austin or, you know, anyone that has a big enough name, but they did it for Ivan Koloff. So that shows how big of a deal Ivan Koloff is to the business. A lot of kids may not realize that they're too young. I mean, Ivan was even before all time. But we know our history, we know how important Ivan was. I mean, people said him in the NWA with the Russians. Yeah. So he grew up from being, being Uncle Ivan and the Russians and him and Crusty Khrushchev and, and I and Nikita. And and that end, we didn't know he was already 20 years plus in the business in the 80s. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, I, I love the uh, I love the table for threes. There, one of my favorite shows on the network. Um, I, I'm not a big JBL fan anymore, but I did enjoy his show. Um, yeah, I'm not sure why they got I'm not sure why they got rid of it, but okay, I just like Corey Gray's show. I enjoyed, but uh, it made sense, you know. And Orton, you know, he, he represented the current generation. You know, Orton is kind of. I don't guess he was kind of kind of counted like not current generation, kind of like like the generation early, like with Cena. Mm-hmm. But Orton had Orton had legitimacy. Orton looked legit. He Orton people that I know that know him in the push awards. <laughs> so you knew Orton. Yeah, and it was good that yeah. it was good that uh, Flair brought back uh, Evolution to my memory as well. It's very interesting. He said he wanted to. Randy Orton to retire so he can get three rings. <laughs> I found that very interesting. I think I, I was going to write about that too, but I think I still will. But uh, yeah, so it, it was cool. So real quick, let's get to the let's do Extreme Rules Raw and SmackDown all together. So what you got? To, what's your overall review of those three events? You uh, were there. Uh, you got some live notes from Baltimore. Yeah, live notes. Uh, I'll send it to a few people. Um, uh, Reigns got booed 80-20%. Not sure how it was on the network, but it was 80% booed for Reigns. Um, probably didn't, we didn't really care much for Rollins. Uh, didn't care much about Bray unless he was beat up on Reigns. Joe got tons of, uh, tons of love. Overall pay-per-view grade, I would give about a B. Um, the last two matches are A+. Plus. Uh, crowd didn't move or say much when the Cruiserweights came out. Never were all scenarios, but once they wrestled, people cared. Um, yeah, the crowd was alive. It was a decent pay-per-view. Um, after the main event, uh, Joe did his, his taunt. He was doing the Joe, Joe, Joe chant to go with the music. Um, Boone Reigns, when he was watching, Reigns had so much heat. It's ridiculous. He's worse than Cena. 
Um, and uh, Ballas did in the ring. Everybody did a standing O, and he did the two sweet brother club symbol to mm-hmm. each side of the ring and walked away. So, uh, overall, better pay was decent. Cage match didn't really make much sense. Uh, you finally decided to use the cage door. Uh, after the whole match, it would have made sense if y'all went after the cage door I a little never bit. Get that. I never understand yeah, that part of the cage. Just... And it's something one of my staff members mentioned, which is a cleaner. So Jeff Hardy leaves the cage, but then he comes back in the cage. So shouldn't he already be eliminated? So why right. didn't that have to drag him <laughs> back out? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Miz the Ambrose match was solid. I'm glad the Miz won. Uh, like I said, Ambrose just I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, just gotta pray for him. Seems like a little, little, yeah. little, 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 little. But overall, I think he was fine. Uh, I thought Raw was decent. Um, Raw was a decent Raw. Uh, I like Dave Matthews band a lot. Samson. Um, <laughs> I do like his character. And um, yeah, I love the Joe segment. Uh, I love the Joe Heyman. I loved it. Joe, he did that well. Joe was calm. Joe was legit. I mean, our friend Ken Anderson has said Joe was legit. He probably could beat the crap out of you. And um, I'm looking forward to Joe and Brock. I really am. As long as Brock doesn't, Joe doesn't job to Brock. As long as Joe gets some offense on Brock and then leaves. I'm happy. Because hmm. remember, we'll see. the chant, WWE's not going to want it. It's going to come back. Joe's going to kill you. The reason why that was a chant for over 10 years. Well, Joe was getting Joe was getting some really good heat, though, uh, overall. Yeah. I, I didn't like yeah. that part. Um, uh, I just, I think, you know, people, I guess, it get, I guess it's to a point at this uh, now where, there's nothing that can be good enough for certain wrestling fans. Uh, yeah, I came to the right. conclusion. Um, yeah, but I thought I thought Extreme Rules were decent. I, I thought it was a B yeah. show. Um, it was yeah. you know, the the women's match was eh. Um, oh gosh. But the and Dean My and Ambrose. Was, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ambrose and uh, Miz was a good match. Uh, uh, the, the the main event was uh, the the tag match was okay. It was okay. Yeah. It was just okay. Um, but you know the main event was fantastic. It was yeah. it was incredible. Um, yeah. Even the mix, even the uh, even the uh, mix tag was good with with Sasha and uh, Swan against and Alicia and. Uh, Norm Dog. I think it was a good match. Baltimore gave you know uh, Swan his hometown, yeah, and interestingly enough, Swan won in his hometown. He broke the curse. Yeah. How about that? Um, I don't think a lot of it. Oh, in the pre-show match was very good too. Tadis yeah. Tadis got a lot of love, a lot of yeah. cheers, that was, and, and that the, the black bodies. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was good. I, I like I like the the duo of Swan and Banks because it gives Banks something to do. Um, she's kind of yeah. she's not just kind of caught up in the women's division, kind of you know down the line. Um, gives her something to do. You know, she's got moves. It was it was it's it's cool to see her and Swan dance. It's you know I I, I get 
I think it's cool. Um, as far as Raw is concerned, I think um, I, 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 man, I really, don't, I hope they don't drop the Raw with Samson. He's getting so much heat, and it's really good. It's really good that he's getting so much heat. <laughs> Um, you know, he's he's the man. I couldn't stand him in NXT, but now I like him because you know I had this conversation before with people like I I like him because I don't like him. I like him because he's such a good heel. I want him to lose. I want him. You know, he's so slimy, and if I like someone, if they're a really good heel, I still want him to lose, but I still like him. Like I like Baron Corbin. He's a really good heel. He yeah. gets booed. Like me. No. Miz is a really good heel, you know. He what? But he's starting to get cheered now, though, unfortunately. But, um, you know, Baron Corbin. I mean, he's just he no nonsense. Don't care. He's got a long roof. Yeah, you know, and um, so uh, TJP does he turn face again because he got a crack oh, on You know, and it's oh, like what, what is you know what is going on with and, this whole thing? So, and, you know, like I said. And, and it, and it's not believable that TJP could beat Neville. Yeah, exactly. He's like a kid. Yeah. It's like a teenager going against a grown man. Yeah, yeah. You haven't built, you haven't built anybody in two hundred five besides Aries, which which I'll say match was good. I called it. Neville did win. Uh, Aries tweeted and said he had to reevaluate his career, which I predict the career versus title match at SummerSlam, Aries against Neville for like yeah. the fifth, sixth time, which is fine with us because they do great things in the ring. Yeah. Um, I love the, the red arrow to the rings of Saturn um, finish. Yeah. Uh, involved the, 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 the segment. I, I got to give kudos to the segment. The segment with Miz, Miz and Maurice, that, that, that wasn't bad. I, I, I clearly, my eye knew Dean Ambrose automatically was the cameraman. I clearly saw that. Yeah, clearly saw the body. Yeah, but the Enzo, the Enzo and Big Show team was pretty. I think that dynamic was pretty cool too. And it's interesting that he's a part of kind of this who attacked who thing, you know. And and, and it's and it's interesting that that they had Kaz attack too to kind of be like a red herring, just in case if it was Kaz, it would be less believable that it was. I mean, less you know, it'd be more of a shock factor. So I mean, it's it'll be it's interesting. Yeah, um, my favorite part of all, I gotta give it up the R Truth and Gold Dust vignettes. Yeah, yeah, they, they continue to, to to do it. And, yeah, and did you the, hear the crowd? Did you hear this crowd? Watch Raw. You clearly hear a a, a male crowd say during the R Truth, "Oh man, I can't wait to see this." Yeah, you certainly hear crowds. Yeah, that's what you gotta notice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with SmackDown, real quick, um, I think the 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 woman's thing is cool. Naomi and Lana, I, I mean, I, I really hope they don't put the strap on Lana. That would just be the worst thing ever. Um, Styles is ever was solid again. Mojo Raleigh, it just seems like they're giving up on him, unfortunately. And then Shinsuke uh, beating the uh, beating Kevin Owens again. I mean, this is the third time he's beat him, and, and this time was. Singles match. So what the what are they going to do? Are they going to have him um, go against him for the U.S. title or something? I mean, that was just really odd that he keeps beating Kevin Owens. All right, real quick for a second time, let's get right into this flavor of the week. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. 
right, so we are going to grade all the money in the bank cash in July of 2010. Um, actually, wait, 2005 to 2011. Because next we're going to do 2012 to 2016, and we're going to be prediction. So the very first cash in was Edge. Uh, real quick, uh, he cashed it in what a New Year's Revolution. Held it for 280 days. Um, yeah, that's and, an A. You know, where do you get that? Yeah, that's an A. Yeah, that, that was a big cash in. I remember that like the back of my hand. But standing on the stage, Edge coming out yeah. with those silver weird funny tights, and <laughs> he runs. So I was happy. I get that A plus. Yeah. Um, yeah, I give it A as well. I agree. I think this was. A, I think it was a really good. One. I think it really solidified the the money the bank concept. I think it was really good, and and just the fact that the person is down just kind of gave it that feel too. It was that right after the elimination chamber match and New Year's Revolution. Um, it was yeah. I, I give it an A as well. RVD cashed it in. Uh, the first person to actually announce that he's going to cash it in. Um, uh, New Year's, or was it No Way, uh, no way Out, or 190? One, one Night Stand. One Night Stand, yeah. Six. One against, uh, one against Cena. Cena wins, we riot. <laughs> and uh, he was world and ECW champ. Held the uh, case for uh, a little over two months, about two and a half months before he announced, well, before it was the announcement of him cashing in, and uh, he won. Yeah, and then the title ring was was deemed uh, it went was up in quickly because he got caught with weed. <laughs> yeah, he got caught with weed and said, whoa. The title um, reign went up in smoke. <laughs> that was an A. Another A. Uh, to this day, I say one of my top ten favorite WWE pay-per-views of all time. It was the uh, WWE boy against ECW, and, and I remember the defense through the head back at Cena. It was, it was, it was a very strong pay-per-view. Definitely yeah. a for Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree too. Hey, it was. Uh, I love the one night stand pepper views. They were. They were. I was a big fan of them. Kennedy didn't cash in, so you can grade Mr. Kennedy's <laughs> cash in by not having to cash in. Um, you can also grade the edge factor in there as well. Yeah. D, you know, Kennedy got hurt. Well, we know the story. He got hurt, but the injury wasn't as bad as they as originally was told. And the edge comes in. This is D. This this is not his fault. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I, w- I wish he would have cast it in. Uh, but he gave it the edge. I give the I give the the, the win a B. I give the incident. And F, <laughs> so uh, that rounds out to how nice you are. Either a C minus or a D plus. So I give it a I give it a D plus. Uh, so let's do eight and nine with CM Punk. What you got? What you got, right? Uh, remember the eight and nine again with Punk. The differences. I'm trying to remember. So oh eight uh, was um, was what was it? Hardy was 09 with uh, Extreme Rules. Um, and then 08, uh, I think 08 was 08 Batista that he cast in. 
Uh, but yeah, oh wait, he just lost it. Like he got beat up and uh, he just lost it. Like like backstage. <laughs> I think that oh yeah. One time only yeah. championship scramble. Remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's a thing. That was yeah. That was there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I give time. I give a way to see. I give O nine to B because it was uh, right after the ladder match. That was good. Yeah, true. Uh, Jeff yeah. Hardy. Yeah. All right, Kane, two thousand ten. Well, you got three. You got Swagger, Kane, and Miz. Oh man, Miz and D. Swagger was C because they didn't press him right. Kane was a D because nobody cared and because he used it for Chavo. Uh, no, he used it the same night. No, he used it the same night. night. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sorry. He didn't use the same night. Uh, I give Swagger a D. Yeah, see? I give Swagger a D. Bad news. I give Miz a C plus because, you know, it wasn't a very good range. Really kind of put them up in the map, but it was a C plus. I guess Kane and A. I, th- I think it was great. The first one who cashed the same night, and uh, that was during. You know, he really did a lot with that. The whole vegetative vegetative state with the Taker and all that. So he, he had some yeah, really sure. feuds yeah, with sure. that. Yeah, and uh, he was feuding with Mysterio as well. So that was really good. Yeah. Uh, real quick, 2011, Daniel Bryan and uh, Alberto Rio. Daniel Bryan. Hey. What's that? Uh, Alberto Del Rio. Uh, Del Rio. Uh, see, that was I never could get behind Del Rio much. Yeah. Get about a C. Uh, yeah, I think Del Rio's a C as well. Daniel Bryan's. Um, I give it a B. Yeah, I give it a B. This this world title reign to me wasn't was was okay. It was just okay. He cast it against uh, uh, Mark Henry, and then Alberto Del Rio cast it against uh, John Cena. He wasn't. Uh, he lost. Yeah. Well, no, he won. He won. Kevin Nash. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, SummerSlam. Kevin um, Nash. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Interesting. Next week we'll do uh, 2012 to 2016. Uh, there's some interesting names, Damian Sandow, <laughs> that's involved in those yeah. those years that we'll talk about. And of course we'll do the uh, the, the predictions for the upcoming Monday Bank as well. So we're gonna have some fun next week. We got uh, we got Bram on the show next week from Impact Wrestling. Two Bram. weeks straight of Impact Wrestling. Bram. Shows. I'm excited to talk. To, uh, I'm excited to talk to Bram. But it's time in TNA and WWE. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the show. Of course, follow Evan at Under the Mat Radio. We are running out of time. So, until yes. next week, enjoy your weekend. It was an honor. God bless and go get them. <laughs> Y'all have a good thank night. Thank you. Chris Featherstone, Evan Proud signing off. God bless. Good night. Good night.